you know, like throughout our relationships, um, there was a lot of verbal abuse and, you know, the next day I'd get an apology for the behavior and such. And, you know, like I kind of just, I realized that I made excuses for her behavior. Most days I'd say, you know what, maybe something's wrong with her or, you know, maybe this is just who she is. And I just allowed it to continue for whatever reason. This is the plaintiff, Rebecca Lewis. She says she loaned the co-worker money, and every time she asks for it back, the woman becomes defensive and aggressive. She even sent her a text telling her she wanted to fight her. Bottom line, she wants her money. And if she has to sue her co-worker to get the $1,035 she's owed, then so be it. This is the defendant, Mary White. She says the plaintiff became increasingly hard to work with after she loaned her the money and started assigning all the hard tasks off on her. When she complained to human resources, the plaintiff got suspended. That's why she's suing her now and going back on their payment agreement. She's accused of dissing a co-worker. All parties, please raise your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Ms. Lewis, explain the relationship between you and Ms. White at the time that this loan happened. We worked together, and I was her assistant manager, and she was a direct support professional. So were you her supervisor? Yes. Okay. So I met her in April of 2021, and from April to the time that I did um, give her the loan, we did develop a bond. Um, you know, I was helping her to and from work when her car broke down. And then she did ask for a loan. I, I loaned her $2,500. That's a lot of money. Did she tell you why she needed the $2,500? To purchase a car. I was there with her when she towed away the first car um, because it did break down. Um, it was determined that, you know, the car wasn't able to move further or, you know, work. So. I, at the time, I was transporting her to and from work, um, and then she did Because you were friends. At that point, you guys were friends, I take it. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right, so then what happens? When you loan her the 2500 is there any discussion about how she's going to pay you back? Yes. We did discuss um, how she was going to pay me back. Every two weeks that she got paid, um, she would send me $300, which she did start off doing that, you know, um, I believe the first payment was on the 24th of June. I received $300. And then the next payment was, again, $300. $250 um, cash app and um, $50 cash. Um, after that, you know, the payments started decreasing. Um, they were just, like, you know, random amounts. But she continued to pay. I believe October 14th was the last payment that I received from her. That was in the amount of $100. For the next payment that came after the 14th, she texted me and she said, I'm going to pay you $100 on Friday for the axle because I did lend her $100 for the axle that broke while she called me when I was on vacation. Um, she called me and she was like, you know, I have no one to help me. I do need your help. You're the only person I can count on. So, you know, I was out and I was just like, you know what? Her car is in the middle of the street. If she leaves the hair, it'll get towed. So I'll, I'll help her. When this did one you time. loan her an additional? Was this a hundred after the twenty five hundred? 
Yes, it was an okay. additional hundred. And yes. when when was that hundred loaned? Around the end of October, because I was on vacation from the twenty third to the twenty sixth, I believe. Okay. So I gave that to her um, on mm-hmm. Friday. On Thursday, she sent me a hundred dollars, and she was like, "I'm paying you back for the tow that I got." Um, and on Friday, I'm going to give you more money. Friday came, and that money was supposed to be towards the car loan. She did not give it to me. From that moment on, she did not pay me at all. Were you two getting along? We were getting along. Um, and then, you know, like throughout our relationships, um, there was a lot of verbal abuse. And, you know, the next day I'd get an apology for the behavior and such. And, you know, like I kind of just, I realized that I made excuses for her behavior. Most days I'd say, you know what, maybe something's wrong with her or you know maybe this is just who she is and I just allowed it to continue for whatever reason um I've been warned many times by you know other people that you know this is like this is not a friendship you know you're helping her you're you know giving x y and z like and you're just making it too too complicated now so sometime in September she asked me to do this housing application which was for the COVID rent Um, fees. So like if someone wasn't able to pay up their rent, they were going to receive an award, which was like $15,000 or something. She asked me to put it under my name and to put it in my bank account. And she was asking me if I had checkbooks to write it off. Um, And, you know, at that point I declined. And after that, it just felt like everything went down road. Um, You know, it just became like there was a lot of tension in the workplace. Did you get in any trouble? Did I get in any trouble? Yeah. Did you get suspended? I didn't get suspended. However, I was put on a probationary period and I did receive a written supervision. Okay. And what was that about? What did they find you to have violated? Well, however, they didn't disclose with me what she brought to their attention. Um, Well, they have to investigate it with you and give you a chance to respond. So what did they tell you? was the reason they were good. She disclosed with them information that she wasn't present for prior to working there. That's all they said to me. And they said, you know, like, um, these are things that you have to work on. Um, It's, you know, the things that she brought to our attention, she wouldn't have known before working here. So, you know, she indicated that you told her these things and we have to write a written supervision for the professionalism, which they did. And then I was put on probation. Okay. Are you going to tell me what she said about you or no? Okay, I'll ask her. I don't know what she said. They didn't disclose it. All right, Miss White, what's going on? According to her, there's she's the one person who you know you were able to come to when you needed money. She gave it to you, and you're not paying it back. What's the deal? Um, That is so untrue. Um, I met Rebecca through our employment. She was my assistant manager at the time. Um, When we first started working, she was very uh, informative to me about a lot of things about about other coworkers about who she slept with there, pretty much the whole staff. Is that what you um, told HR? Yes, and I also told them that she bought me a car, and they asked, how long did you know her? What the kind of relationship did y'all have? It was just a friendship. I don't know what was her motivation, but for me to know her for such a short amount of time, she did so much for me. Now, I, I mean, outside so, of wait, wait. So what are you car, doing? Are you are you are you trying to shock me with the fact that she loaned you twenty five hundred for you to buy a car when you're the one who asked for it? Well, actually, I, we were working and she told me she had made a lot of money during COVID. She said I made over a half a million dollars working where we're working during COVID. And I can do that for you. She was basically, well, you know, how did she know you needed money? You're the one who asked for it. 
Well, I was like, if you can loan it to me, that would be fine. And she was like, okay, no problem. And okay. it was just like that. All right, so why you are know. you going to HR and saying, and she loaned me money, can you believe it? Like, why are you doing that? I went to HR because during work, she was mistreating me at work as if she bought me or something. Okay, tell me about that. Okay. For instance, at work, she'll do all the creative things with the people that we support. Me, I'm swabbing the deck. I'm washing dishes. She's making individuals wait for me to come from taking another individual to a doctor's appointment to give him a bath when she could have very well did it. Little things, petty things, not speaking to me. I'll come and be like, hello. And they'll be like, you know, I'm like, wow, what did I do? You know, you don't know what you're getting. One day is hello, and it's one day... Or can you help me? Can you assist me with this person while I'm helping this person shower? No, ask another person. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Well, she's your supervisor, right? She is my supervisor. She was always but... your supervisor. So is she the one who dispenses the jobs and says, you do this, I do that? Well, she's a, she's the assistant supervisor. We have a manager over us, and that manager usually tells me what I need to do. She doesn't. But you're complaining that she started to give you all the bad jobs, so apparently she does. No, she doesn't. She just, we just all move accordingly. Matter well, then what are you complaining book, about? I'm, I'm confused. A, what are you complaining about I, that she did wrong? I'm, co I'm complaining about, she went to HR before I went to HR, actually, and told them that I'm too close to the individuals and I'm talking too much about my personal things in my home to the job. That's how it started. So I came in and I spoke to them and they said to me, Mary, there's been complaints about you speaking to the individuals about what's going on in your home, and you should not be doing that. So I, um, I explained to them, okay, you know, I apologize, but sometimes it's overwhelming there when you're working and you're not being helped. I was never complaining about what's going on in my home. Tell me what you complained about, about to them. Because I, did you take that opportunity because you thought it was her who... Was it her who had lodged a complaint against you for that? Yes, it they was They told her. you? Yes, they, they, they said your staff... Your assistant managers are the people that are bringing this forth to okay. us. Okay, so then did you take that opportunity to tell them uh, whoever your friend had told you she had slept with? Like, what is it that you brought well, up to HR at that point? Well, well, at that point, I had already told my manager. I told my manager. I didn't tell HR. I told my manager, which is over Rebecca. Rebecca's the assistant manager, and we have a manager. I told my manager via text what was going on in the home before I even knew I was going to HR. Ms. Lewis started That's dating your, your son, correct? Correct. Oh, let's talk about that. When Ms. Lewis was bring, um, offering to help me back and forth to work, when, I, before, when, the, when the first call we, I had, had broke down, she, she brought me home and she saw my son. She was like, wow, he's very handsome. I'm like, yes, thank you. He's only 19. How old is Ms. Lewis? I believe 26. Okay, go on. So she was like, well, you know, that's not such a big deal. It's not a big age difference between us. So um, I told my son not to speak to her, but somehow they still connected. You know, they're adults, even though he's younger, they're adults. So I couldn't really stop that. She um, used to come, stay here with us, sleep with him in the room, uh, oh, stay overnight, go to get up, go to work in the morning. Sometimes Boy. come back, go shower, pick me up and we'll leave together. Everything was cool. I would say, Rebecca, then I, as far as the payments, I'll say, Rebecca, can I pay you this? Or, oh, no problem. Pay me whenever you can, girl. So I don't know why now it's such a problem. When he stopped, when they, when they stopped speaking in November, here we are. 
Well, I, I know why it's a okay problem. Somehow it. she got suspended. So how did she get suspended, according to you? I got suspended as well. What, I, I got how did this happen? What happened to... that caused the two of you to get suspended, according to you? Because we both broke protocol. We both were not supposed to be engaging in these behaviors, such, such as buying each other car, buying cars and having relations with each other's family members. None of that. That's that. That's what I was told. Okay. And that's why we both were suspended. And I was I was removed from there and I almost got fired, but I did. And I got a, a written up, my last warning written up. And um, I've been transferred. I asked to be transferred to another residence to work in prior to that. So it wasn't like I, you know, did it because she, um, because of the payments. I just did it because where I was working at, the environment wasn't good. All right, we so what, what is your defense to owing the rest of the money? Why do you feel like you shouldn't have to pay it? Well, I never, I never felt like I shouldn't have to pay it. But there, I mean, it's like the balance was wrong. She said it was $1,035. Um, I got it. She shot me a text. when I, the same Did you I was borrow another $100 for an axle? Was that part accurate? That part, um, I borrowed it for an axle, but I cashed after it back. And I have right. proof of that. Right. Okay. So mm -hmm. I've been through all your cash app payments. Are there any other payments mm -hmm. besides your cash app payments? Or are they all? I gave cash? her. I gave her. But I gave her in cash at least three hundred dollars. Well, what hand, do you mean? Do you know I or you don't can't know? Prove. Do you know or you don't know? No, I do. I know. Okay. Her, yes. So, did she ever give you three hundred dollars, Ms. Lewis? No, she didn't give me three hundred dollars in cash. I actually haven't written out the amounts of cash that she gave me. Mm -hmm. um, it was one hundred and sixty dollars cash on this first of July, and then fifty dollars cash on the twenty second of July, which equates to two hundred and ten dollars, not three hundred. Okay. So I have a series of cash app payments proof that she paid. And they amount to $1,565. That would be minus 100 for the axle. So that would have your math correct of $1,035. But then that means that the 210 isn't being accounted for. Ms. Lewis, were you in fact dating Ms. White's son? No, I was not dating her son. Were you hanging out with him and sleeping over? I was hanging out with him, and we, we still keep in communication, actually. So when she said we stopped talking, that's incorrect. Let's talk about a couple things. I see a cash app payment on June 10th of $75. What was that for, according to you, Ms. White? That was, for, that was a payment for the car. Okay. I when was the $2,500 given to you? The $2,500 was given to me um, probably in eight. When was the $2,500 given to her, Ms. Um, Lewis? <laughs> It was given to her June 18th, 2021. Uh, do you have proof of that? June 18th it is. So no, ma'am, this $75 does not count towards uh, payment of the loan. That's pretty obvious that it doesn't. Um, and I don't know why you would tell me that it does, Ms. White. Now let's see the next one. This, still doesn't uh, this figure before, here. How would you know that? What are you mumbling? I said, but it still doesn't, those still doesn't say what it's for. So how would you, how would you know that? She's giving you credit. Those not say what it's for. No, I know, but lucky for you, she admits <laughs> that these were for the car loan. How, how can you have paid but the she... car loan before you got it? The $75 back in June 10 was not for the car loan because the car loan was June 18th. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're just saying. Okay, I got it. So now show me your piece of paper that had everything that was paid. Sure. Okay, come closer. 
Which is the one that you say was for the axle? What date of the cash app oh, payment? That was 1028. Um, and also on here on 930, it says that I received a 200 cash app, but I subtracted 100 from that because um, I did give her 100 um, a few days prior so that she could buy her son's school supplies. The son you're dating? <laughs> No, her 13-year-old son. Okay, did she loan you on September 30th uh, uh, another $100 for school supplies for the child, <clears throat> Ms. White? No. What happened was my son was having problems in school, and he was going to summer school. And she asked, she made a pact with him, like, if you go, he was missing days. And she said to him, if you go, I will give you money if you pass the summer school, which he did, and she gave him the money. She never put any money in my hand. All right, I've gone through all of the cash app payments and the cash payments and the reasons for non-payment. Um, this is a, a study in what can, you know, it's so complicated because they tell you, well, you know, you got to keep things professional. Don't date in the workplace. Don't the become, and there's, there are good reasons for that. I've always said, if you can't, like, make friends with the people you work with, where am I going to find my friends? <laughs> because I'm with those people 12 yeah. hours a day. It's kind of, so it's complicated. But uh, to me, it is, it is just so rich that it was such a one-way street from Ms. Lewis to Ms. White, and Ms. White couldn't wait to say, can you believe she loaned me money to HR, and she's dating my son, and then she told me she slept with... What does this tell you, Ms. Lewis, about your judgment in terms of who you can and cannot trust and who you... You know, first of all, the fact that she was an underling is reason enough um, for you not to have that kind of, of enlacement with her um, because it makes things complicated. You know, there's a hierarchy at work, whether you like it or not. And then all of a sudden, now she's complaining about your treatment of her. Because this, this is why when someone, when you and the other person are not in the same position of power at work, this is why those things are complicated. Because now there's a complaint that you're giving her crap work to do. Um, so you're abusing your privilege as a supervisor, you see? So, you know, there are good reasons for trying to keep things professional, and I understand your, why your employers wanted to do that. Based on the math that I've done, all the cash apps, my balance is the same as the plaintiff's. What's due and owing is the remaining $1,035, and the fact that you don't like her or that she got suspended or that she dated your son, who's so much younger, or all the other things you've complained about... None of that is a defense to paying back the money. Verdict for the plaintiff, $1,035. There was never a complaint. Wow. <laughs> you just wanted this for clout, right? You happy now? But you still look like this fool. So the defendant is still complaining with the, uh, the plaintiff. Although the plaintiff wins, she's going to get the $1,035 from Ms. White. Ms. White, you got to pay. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, I never disputed that I wasn't going to pay her. I think she just did this just to make me look bad, but it's okay. I never, I don't mind. I, I know that I had to pay. I never disputed that I didn't. But it's just that, like judge, the judge said, you have to keep things professional. You shouldn't be dating my son. I shouldn't be borrowing money from you, et cetera, et cetera. So at the end, no one really wins in this. All right. Well, that'll do it for the case anyway. You got to give the money back. Uh, Ms. Lewis, are you satisfied? Um, I'm good. You know, like, um, I, I wasn't worried about it and I didn't come on here to embarrass anyone. I just came on here to, you know, receive the money that I was owed. I did a 
kind deed by lending it to her. Um, she can say whatever she wants about her son. I mean, she's made up many stories. I've never slept with any of my staff. That's one. Um, not sleeping with her son. And I'm pretty sure he realizes like that his mom has mental health issues. And you know, those are things she has to work on. I just know in the future, I will no longer help someone that can't help me. And it is what it is. All right. That'll bring this case to a close. Let's see what Harvey has to say. So, Doug, I mean, look, the, the principle here is that if you owe somebody money, you can't start throwing things at the wall saying, well, you know, I may have owed money, but this person did this to me or that to me. If it's unrelated to the money that's owed, sorry, what you need to do is file your own lawsuit alleging damages for that. But when you owe money for a loan, you owe money for a loan and you got to pay it back. I wanted to ask both judges about their sports alliances. I know Judge Milian went to the U. That's got to be somebody from Miami. Uh, and Judge John has spent time in Boston and Buffalo. Do you actively watch your teams? I very much actively <laughs> watch my teams, as you know. Yes. I'm having to put up with it all the time. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, but I haven't lived there in 40 years or more. But I can't, you know, those teams are going to be with me forever. So I'm pretty sure they're going to bury me in a Buffalo Bills jersey with like a Genesee, can of Genesee beer <laughs> in my hand or something like that. And so it's, it's Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Sabres especially. And then after that, for me, it's the Red Sox. And for you, it's the Yankees. I love the Yankees, but I'm not that big a sports fan. So right. I love the, the fun of going to a Yankee game, but I, I, I don't follow sports on television. But University of Miami is your yeah. football and basketball school for college sports, right? Mm -hmm. All the time. And mine, mine's definitely Boston College. So I see at least one University of Miami basketball game every year, and it's the BC. BCUM basketball. Game. And then, of course, they're the golden years where, when uh, Doug Flutie left BC oh, yeah. and went to play for Buffalo. Yes. Oh, those were wonderful because my BC team, which I love, came together right? in Buffalo. So, and he had a few good, really good seasons. He was an all pro one year, so he had some good years there as well. This is the plaintiff, John Fee. He says he brought his van to the defendant's repair shop. And the guy's shoddy work caused his engine to blow. Now he's out $5,862.29. And he's here in the good name of justice, suing him for just that today. This is the defendant, John Clanton. He says the belligerent plaintiff kept coming into his shop complaining about the engine he installed in his van. But when he checked it out on the computer, everything came back with a clean bill of health. The guy got crazy in his shop. He had to call the cops on him. And there's no way he's paying for another new engine. He's accused of not fixing things right. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $2,000. For harassment. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff brought his van to the defendant's shop and says the guy botched the repair job so bad his engine blew. But the defendant says the engine he installed checked out perfectly on the computer and he doesn't know what this guy is complaining about. It's the case of Thar She Blows. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. All right, Mr. Fee, you are suing Mr. Blanton's company for $5,862.29.
that you say his auto repair company owes you because they installed an engine that has become faulty during the warranty period. How did you first learn about this repair shop? Uh, through coworkers. Okay. And you took it over there, and what did you have done? I had an engine and a transmission put in. And this was into what kind of vehicle? A 2003 Dodge Caravan. All right, and when did you have that done? In early December of 2020. All right, once he replaced the transmission and the engine, what was your first inkling that there was something wrong with the replacements? Whenever I went to go change the oil after the 2,000-mile break-in period, it had used a whole bunch of oil. So did you ever bring the engine back to him and say there's something wrong? Uh, no, Your Honor, I didn't want to deal with him anymore. He told me whenever he was telling me about the warranty that I could take it anywhere in the United States. Okay. And I didn't want to take it back to his shop. Fine. You have that right. So did you take it to anybody else who diagnosed what was wrong with the, with the uh, oil being uh, gobbled up so quickly? Well, I watched it for a little while, and then I did. When did you take it to someone? Early July. Okay. So from January to July... You didn't take it to anybody. In early July, you take it to what entity? Uh, just a few shops around town, and I called up a couple of other places, and they said that the piston rings were shot. Okay. Who is it that told you that the piston rings were shot? Everybody I talked to about No, it. I need evidence. I need evidence. You're suing in court for five grand, so I'm looking okay, at Scott, your paper. Uh, Scott's engine repair. Okay. Did Scott's they say that the piston that. rings were shot? They said the engine was no good, and there was if there was that much oil, it was coming up through the piston rings. Okay. Is that in writing by that company? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. What is in writing by that company? Just the estimate. Right. So, in other words... I'm trying to find the proof of what you're saying, that there's something wrong with the engine. So, um... Well, I, I performed an oil consumption test, Your Honor. You did? Okay. Yes, and? Tell me about it. And it came back, uh, it's using about a quart of oil every six to 700 miles. Right. So, do, so all I need is a professional, because you're not a professional, telling me that there's something mm -hmm. wrong with this engine. It's under warranty, so it shouldn't be a problem. You don't even have to take it back to him, because it's under warranty. What's wrong with the warranty? I can't get another mechanic to work with the warranty. Uh, that's not the way things work. The warranty company will work with anybody in the United States. Right. But mechanics don't work with other people's warranty issues. I don't know what that means. Do the me mechanic does, the warranty is like an insurance company. So they'll basically, right. the, you know, the way, if it's, if it's a nationwide warranty, you could take it anywhere and they will be paid by the warranty company. Why would you yes, not? Yes, but they're, yeah. because Whenever you deal with the warranty company, they say that it's a big hassle. That you have to do a bunch of extensive testing to prove that the engine is faulty. And then once you prove that the engine is faulty, the warranty company tries to pay them a third of what the job okay, is. Okay, but there are warranty... Uh, yeah, okay, companies. okay. So, so apparently you're picking mechanics who don't... That's like doctors that don't take insurance. Yeah. There are doctors who don't take insurance because they say, pay me full price, and that's how you deal with your insurance, and that's fine. But most people don't go to those doctors, <laughs> right? And those doctors have a very wealthy clientele, and then the other people just work with the warranty company. But, you know, that's the warranty you have. I didn't buy the warranty. You bought the warranty. But, Mr., I'd like to hear from you, Mr. Blanton. W tell me about the warranty. The warranty is three years, unlimited miles, ports, and labor. Uh, $50 per hour. Uh, when he called me, he called me, oh God, probably six or seven months later. And he said, I got a problem with the engine. And I say, well, what's going on with it? Uh, bring it to me. Let me check it out and see what's going on with it. Uh, that's the first words came out of my mouth. He said, well, okay, I don't ever want you under my hood. I don't want you touching my vehicle ever again. 
I said, well, fine. You have a warranty on the engine and transmission, three years. You can take it anywhere you want. So I'm assuming he took it somewhere and had it checked out. So I don't know what happened to that, but he, I drove the vehicle. I put a So he did it. Well, why was he mad at you and didn't want to bring it back to you? I, he said that I, I damaged his throttle cable. Uh, uh, quite a bit of things he said that I did to the vehicle that was not true. Uh, uh, I just, he's very hard to work with. And actually I would have benefited by Removing that engine, if it was bad, I would have got paid for it. Right. But there was nothing wrong with the engine. How do you know there was nothing uh, wrong with the engine if he never brought it back to you? No, no, ma'am. He did bring it back. He, after we had that conversation that he didn't want me to touch his vehicle again, he called me back about a week or two later, and we started talking again. And then his exact words, John, will you please fix my vehicle? So at that point, I kind of felt bad. I said, yes, just... Bring it back to me. Let me check it out. Okay. So now, you, at first, you had said no, right? I did. I did. I and did why? No. Well, it's basically just the way he talked to me. So he said he didn't want me back under his hood. So he didn't want me he touching hurt, his vehicle. He vehicles. hurt your feelings, and you were he offended. Hurt, he did. Yeah. Okay. And, and then I told him, well, look, I'm going to hold you to exactly what you told me. <laughs> so after he brought it to me, I put a Snap-on scanner on it. There was not any engine codes in that vehicle other than a catalytic converter. Okay. I did a compression test. It had good compression. I checked for carbon on the spark plugs. There was no carbon on those spark plugs. I don't know what Mr. Free problem is or what the problem is with the engine, but I didn't find anything. He said the car was smoking. He had oil coming out the tailpipe. What he had is when cool weather and warm air meet, you get steam. That's the only thing. There was no blue smoke. Uh, after he picked the vehicle up, he took it to a company. Ed replaced the catalytic converter on the vehicle. How do you now, know? He still, I saw the vehicle there. I know Ed. I know people that goes to Ed. He has the catalytic converter. That is key. He should have brought that catalytic converter to court. That would prove if this engine is using oil or not using oil because the converter is going to be full of oil. Not only that, he said he had oil coming out of the tailpipe. There's no oil coming out that tailpipe. So I'm not sure. Another thing, I still want Mr. Free, whatever's wrong with that vehicle, to have that vehicle fixed if it needs to be fixed. But it's nothing wrong with it. The day he came by my shop, he came by two times prior before we had the incident, I had to call the police. And when he was there, your Honor, I, I called. Hold, Hold on one second, Mr. Feet. When he was there, one, what? One of the reps, one of the reps from AutoZone was there. He's the territorial manager, and uh, he asked me, "Was this guy using this vehicle as a commercial vehicle?" And I told him yes, but I asked him not to say anything about it because if they find out he's using it as a commercial vehicle, that voids the warranty. Okay. But I. I'm not going to say anything about that. There's well, you just did. I don't know on national television. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But Are you? I, okay. So I now am, let I me am. see the warranty a moment. I want to see the, the actual warranty and see what the problem is. Okay. Well, the warranty is what the warranty is. You got the warranty when you paid for the, for the job. So you know what the warranty is. If you can't find a mechanic willing to do it for that, by a better warranty. 
um, you know, an extra warranty, something, or you pay half, they pay half, you know, the warranty company pays their limit. But that is the, the warranty that you have. What I need from you, though, is, you know, because he's right about that. He would get paid for all that work if there was something wrong with the, with the engine. All I need you to do, Mr. Fee, is prove to me there's something wrong with the engine. Prove that to me, not by uh, your words. I did the oil consumption test, Your Honor. Well, that's you talking. You understand that you might not be the most unbiased of people because you're trying to get your money back, right? So, so all I ask is that you, it's super simple because people in your position do this every day in my courtroom. They just bring me something that shows that someone else looked at it and said this engine's defective. In which case... I just spoke to people. Yeah, that's called hearsay Does it in make, court. The, well, I'm the mechanics assume, I spoke to told me... Yeah, that's, that's what happened. Yeah, you kind of get it in writing. But let's assume you had that in yeah. writing in front of me. Then what would be the problem? You're still supposed to go through the warranty that you have instead of suing him because you have a warranty and you're still suing him. Well, Your Honor, I can't find another mechanic that will work under that warranty. I don't know what to tell you. They want more money than what the warranty offers. That means some of this may come out of your pocket. Yes. Or he could fix it if there was a problem. Or you could prove to me that there's a problem. I, I don't even have that. I don't even have you giving me anything from an expert saying this uh, is defective. Because I know, because Ed told him, that you went over there and got the catalytic converter, which is what he said was the only code. And you went somewhere else and got that done. So I don't even know that your car's still smoking or that there's still, I don't know anything because you brought me no evidence. So based on that, ooh, I got a counterclaim. It's never a clean one, is it? <laughs> All right, what is your counterclaim about? You're counterclaiming against him $2,000 for harassment. Tell me about it, Mr. Um, well, Banton. He, he came by the shop three times. That third time, uh, I just had enough. He would come over there periodically, run into the vehicle, getting back in his vehicle, leaving, coming back the next day, going to the vehicle, and it just kept going and on. And finally that day he came over there, he asked for a receipt. I say, look, you done already sued me. Uh, there's no, nothing else for us to talk about. So we started arguing. And the next thing you know, you know, I told him, you know, get your car, leave my, get off my property. He wouldn't leave. So we got into a shot. I couldn't man. leave. The car wasn't yeah. running. Okay, so what happened? Mr. Free. But you can still Mr. leave Free, whether the car's running or not. You got there somehow. He drove another. Yeah. Yes, he drove a van over there. He would not leave, Your Honor. Okay. Uh, he sat there in my parking lot even after we had got into an argument and called the police. And he told the police that I threatened him. They was witnesses there. I did not threaten him. Yes, I said a few choice words to him. What were the I choice words you said to him? I asked him to get off my uh, effing property, Okay. Your Honor. Okay. I did that. And we just started arguing. And uh, finally, I just called the police. And, and the police got there and they, they talked to him. And uh, whatever, I don't know what they told him, whatever they told him. He didn't like it. And uh, the police turned around and was walking towards me. And uh, he yelled out, F U M F. And uh, they turned back around and said, Hey, hey, leave. And I said, F U M F. Okay. So he finally he finally left. Then he accused me of putting his tires on flat. Now I'm wanting this guy to get his car off of my property. Why would I put his tires on flat? His tires was bald, Your Honor. I sent you pictures of him. Uh, his the car had sat there for a month and a half. Why why had the car sat there for a month and a half? Why had the car sat there for a month and a half? There was one tire that was bald, and that was the only one with 30 Why had the car sat there for a month and a half? Well, basically, uh, to be honest, part of it is my fault because 
I didn't contact Mr. Free. I figured he would just come and get his car because I was just tired of dealing with him. I really was because there was no reasoning with him. Uh, Mr. Free is the type of person one day he's one guy. The next day he's a different guy. Uh, one day no. he looks like a human being. The next day he's got a blue beard. So I don't know what it just, it just turned, I, I, I just wanted out. Okay, so what's the harassment? He, I, I'm still not seeing $2,000 worth of harassment. Just continuously to come to the shop, Your Honor. Yeah, but his car was there. Just basically continue. All right. Yeah, So, so you got him out of there. All right, on your lawsuit against him, zero. On his lawsuit against you, zero. Good luck, gentlemen. Thank you. A couple of things here. Even though the plaintiff lost this case, the car is still under warranty so he could get redressed that way. Now, the other thing I want to talk about briefly is the lawsuit for harassment. You know, just because you show up at somebody's you know, place of work, their business, their office, whatever, that does not automatically constitute harassment. It has to be something that usually is prolonged and somewhat extreme. It varies from case to case, but it can't just be that somebody gets pissed off and then you get upset. Marilyn, have you read John Grisham's new book, Judges List? And okay. if you have, what did you think of it? That, that has blown me away that that is a question that someone sent today because I yeah. finished reading it today in the makeup chair. Really? It just this came morning. out in October. And I just, I just, and my makeup artist was like, can you look up? I'm like, no! I was, I was in the last pages of it. And yeah, he's a great storyteller. Right? I was iPad. reading it on my iPad. I read everything on my iPad, which is funny because our kids prefer books and you and I prefer iPads. Yeah which is not usually the way, but we travel too much, so we, right. I have to have it. But he, and plus I need to make the print real big, but he, uh, he's just a great storyteller. He's an attorney. Right. He, he, he has, he's very compelling in the legal right. sense. He takes a lot of, you know, poetic license. Yeah, uh, it's good storytelling. He's a good, yeah, it's good yeah. storytelling. It's always, uh, it's always maddening for a lawyer to read legal right. stuff. Sure. You wouldn't know because you barely read any fiction. Right. Well, I read the cereal box in front of me in the morning sometimes, right? Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of nonfiction, but I you do. have absolutely zero imagination right. and you don't appreciate yeah. fiction uh, unless it was written in the 17th century. Uh, no, not quite. Yeah. But I bet you're wondering what I read lately. What have you read lately? Uh, oh, funny you should ask. <laughs> I just finished a book called The Splendid and the Vile. It oh, was yes, recommended so. to me by somebody about Winston Churchill. If you like history, if you're a history nerd, pretty fun stuff. You're pretty much of a history. I am a nerd, that's for sure.